You're listening to the Fix My Feet podcast. Solutions for every step in your journey with the nation's leading foot and ankle specialists. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fix My Feet podcast here today with myself and Dr. Leonard. How you doing, Evan? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Good. Good to be here today. We're going to talk about a super common issue in the foot and ankle today, and that's plantar fasciitis or heel pain. Some people call it heel spurs. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I cover all the jargon that's out there about this stuff. Uh, Super common. There's probably, you know, in our little town of Hastings, Nebraska, I bet there's 100 people right now walking around with plantar fasciitis. So uh, really super common condition uh, that we deal with every day. But today we want to focus on five quick things you could do at home that, you know, if you think you have plantar fasciitis, you've read about it on on Google and you think you have it, five quick things you can do that could really help you uh, before you come and see one of us. I would, you know, these are things you could try at home. So number one, real quick, we'll jump through these quickly, is wear the right kind of shoes. Don't go barefoot. What do you think about that, Evan? Yeah, spot on. Well, I think invariably we get, I'd say at least 50% of the patients I get that come in with uh, plantar fasciitis symptoms and and pain, they did something, they went to the beach or they went to the pool or they went somewhere and they stayed at somebody's house for a weekend and they were barefoot a lot or wore sandals for several days. And they're like, man, then the next day my foot was just killing me and I I can't walk on it now and it hurts so bad. And a lot of times just an extended period of walking around barefoot without any support is a tipping point to tip you over the edge if you're close to getting some symptoms for plantar fasciitis. So hundred percent, you know, stay as far away from that as you can. Obviously there's times you have to go barefoot. It's understandable, but if you have some supportive sandals and things to get you around, you know, even in the warmer months and if you can wear supportive shoes, the majority of the time it's going to benefit you for sure. Yeah. So many patients uh, came in like, well, I I did an extra two miles this weekend. I felt something twinge in there and then it kind of spirals into like chronic plantar fasciitis. So uh, making sure you've got a good, supportive tennis shoe that you're wearing. You know, I've had plantar fasciitis before. I tell my patients, if I feel even a twinge, like I put my, I put my tennis shoes, my really good tennis shoes on and I just leave them on all the time until like it kind of settles down. I give my foot the support, but just continuing to go barefoot, even after you're having the pain, you're, you're just aggravating the plantar fascia over and over again. And that's where we run into this chronic like cycle. So make sure you, if you feel like you've got it, get out your good shoes, go get a good pair of shoes, put them on, stay in them, give your fascia the right support, let things kind of calm down. That's usually the first thing that I tell patients. Uh, and, and even when they come and see me as part of the treatment is like no barefoot time. Just let let this thing kind of settle down. So yeah, and if you don't know what shine shoes to get, we've done a, an episode on shoes. Or find a, a shoe store that's generally running type stores have great employees yeah. that can go through details. They can watch your gait. They can try and assist you with getting what a style that will will be good for you know your biomechanics and things. So um, generally the I know it's it can be cost prohibitive to get uh, you know a good pair of shoes sometimes, but it's definitely worth the investment if you can afford oh, yeah. it. 
hundred, hundred, hundred fifty, but fifty bucks for a, a pair of shoes is going to be a lot cheaper than you know injections and other you know things that 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 come down the down the road when this gets into a chronic state for sure. So yeah, yeah. do that. Number two, and I'm, this is all over the internet. Patients come in, they've done this, so I don't think this is any groundbreaking stuff. But yeah, you got to stretch. Yeah, I mean, it's just the bottom line. Uh, and it's all about the biomechanics of what, what causes and what puts stress on the fascia. So, uh, your, your couple cents, Dr. Leonard's on stretching with plantar fasciitis. Yeah. Stretching's big too. And it's one of the best ways you're going to keep it from returning once we get it to calm down for you. And just having a tight calf muscle and is what you're, you're stretching. So it, that is news to some patients because they're trying to stretch the foot itself where there's the problem. And a lot of times the problem is outside of the foot and it's the, the calf muscle complex that gets tight and you know, you're not alone. That's a really common thing to have. Um, it's a big muscle group. It's, it's easily overpowers the front part of your leg and the front and lateral muscle groups. And it's it been linked, you know, through a lot of research to a lot of different pathology in the foot, not just plantar fasciitis. So stretching is a good thing for that, but it's also a great way to just be more flexible, be healthier. And it's also a way to hopefully avoid some of the other issues that can come along with, uh, you know, having that Aquinas or that tight posterior muscle group in that lower leg. So stretching is awesome. And if you're curious about the types of stretches, man, they're all over Google, you know, like, but they're, they're yeah. the, like the wall stretch where you're stretching that calf, get up on a stair, let that heel drop down, uh, you know, though, you know, get into the kind of a kneeling position with your toes tucked up underneath you, uh, the, you know, they're there, but you can find good information on Google about what stretches you should be doing. Uh, the secret is just to get them done. I will say I've had patients get over exuberant and over stretch and then strain, strain tendons or strain muscles. So it's not something you, you know, when you, when we say stretch, we're not saying you need to spend hours a day stretching a few minutes in the morning, a few minutes at night doing these stretches will do wonders for you. Um, and so make sure you stretch. It will greatly help you with the, the mechanics of the foot and, and offloading tension, which is what we're trying to do when we, we treat plantar fasciitis. So, all right. So wear, wear shoes, stretch. Number three is ice. I mean, this is an inflammatory condition, especially if you're getting it early, like you're still, you're feeling, you're start just starting to feel twinges. You've got an acute inflammatory process going on. And so you got to ice. What do you think? Dr. Yeah. Leonard's? And it, as this, goes on. And if it's been happening for nine or 12 months, the ice will still probably help somewhat during, you know, a time where you've been on your feet more or something like that. But really it's, it's really important in those first couple of weeks when you're noticing this, because that's yeah. when you're getting that acute inflammation. And when it, when it gets over a chronic time frame, that's a little bit more, um, it's a different pathological state, but when you're in that first few weeks or that first month of that acute inflammation, the ice can really help calm down some of that inflammation um, and give you some pain relief, which then allows you to get through some of the other treatment methods that we'll talk about, including the stretching and wearing supportive shoes and things like that. Um, if it hurts a lot, some, some people just want to wear, you know, a crock or something that's really cushioned that feels nice on there, but it's really not doing them any good from a yeah. supportive standpoint. So the icing can be a big deal uh, right off the bat for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. It, it, you know, if, if you're like listening to this and you just started noticing hail pain, ice for sure. Get that inflammatory response under control. So, 
Uh, number four is massage. And, and I don't know if patients fully understand. Now I know that patients see this on the internet because they come in and they say, I've been rolling the frozen water bottle on my foot, Dr. Waters. And, and so I know they have some conception of massage, but the reason that massage is so important is that what happens, you know, with, as we talk about this, is it new onset plantar fasciitis or has it been going on for multiple months is that the fascia tears a little bit and then it thickens with scar tissue and then it tears a little bit more and then it thickens again. And so if I, if I'm seeing you several months later, your fascia is quite thickened, but down by the heel. And so it doesn't move. It doesn't glide. It doesn't do any of the things that it's supposed to do really well, but it causes you a lot of pain because first step out of the bed in the morning, you're stretching that fascia back out, even though it's thick and contracting, it doesn't really want to move. And so the only way for us to manually like start to reverse that process is to have aggressive massage where we start to break up some of that fibrous tissue. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's, and that's kind of, you know, the background of when people talk about shockwave therapy and things, we, I yeah. remember if you mentioned those on here yet, but it's, it's trying to keep that area, break up adhesions, break up some of that scar tissue, keep the area mobile so that it's not as jarring of a change when your foot is going through its normal weight-bearing process. And to that massage can, during that process, also help incite you know, a, a response from your body for it to understand that there is damage here, there is tearing, or there is scar tissue formation and attempt to heal that a little bit instead of just ignoring it, which is what can happen over uh, long time long time periods with this where it gets to a chronic state. So yeah, massage is, is great. And it's something easy to do at home. You just got to be consistent with it. Um, the massaging with the ice water bottle is a great two for one. If you have a, a lot of people have, you know, a, a massage gun at home. Now they're pretty yeah. common. Yeah. Theraguns, you know, I'm any of those types would be pretty yeah, beneficial so, from that standpoint yeah. to just try at home. Um, if you've got a thumb, you can use a thumb, just whatever <laughs> you got, just to help kind of break up some of that yeah. scar tissue and, and give yourself a little bit of uh, adhesion relief there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I always tell patients, get something simple like a golf ball. Most people can get a golf ball for a dollar to use or go to the local pond and fish out a golf ball if you, if you want to do that. But something really hard and firm like that will allow you to graduate the amount of pressure and the depth that you're getting with your massage. And you know, when, when it's really tender, you're not going to be able to push very hard, which is fine. We break up those, those more superficial adhesions. And then as things start to ease up, you can really start to push a little bit harder uh, on that uh, golf ball or the Theragun. You can go to an advanced setting. I think those are great. That's a great option. If you have a massage gun, uh, you can go to a more, you know, advanced, uh, uh, option to get some of that deeper adhesion and scar tissue broken up, but, uh, getting the foot gliding and moving again and, and acting, uh, in, in a more normal fashion is going to greatly help you, uh, with, especially with re preventing recurrence and long-term, you know, outcomes, uh, not having this like chronic cycle where you're, you feel better and then, you know, you start walking in your sandals again and, and doing your stuff again. And then all of a sudden you're hurting again and you just keep going on and on. And that's an awful cycle to deal with for patients. So, yeah. um, last thing, just some, some, uh, last one, uh, things you, we can do, uh, medication wise, we threw this in here, but the best kind of medications for this are usually anti-inflammatory medications. Uh, Dr. Leonard's a, a review maybe of some of those that patients might be aware of or not aware of. That yeah. Might most help. Of the time, there's, 
I mean, most of the main categories you're going to see is either some type of an ibuprofen, where whether or not you're just taking like a Motrin or something like that, or, or some uh, dosage of Tylenol. There's other things. I, I believe Leave has, has some different uh, anti-inflammatory medications in it, but they're all basically trying to do the same thing, which is they're non-steroidal, so they're not like a prednisone or anything like that. They're just trying to um, calm down some of that inflammation. The, the important thing to remember with those is, you know, moderation is key. Don't overdo it with these. They can be hard on your on your liver, on your kidneys, on your GI system, depending on what you're taking. So um, if you have any history of, you know, bleeding in the esophagus or the, the stomach or um, anything with the, with the GI system, make sure that you talk to a primary care provider before you start taking these medications because they, they're not benign. They can have some issues associated with them, but taken appropriately, they can be great for um, just general musculoskeletal pain and inflammation. There are uh, anti-inflammatories that we tend to prescribe. You know, if you come and see a provider that can be a little bit easier on the system, they don't have to be taken as frequently and they're a little bit stronger. So those are an option too when you do end up coming to see somebody about your heel pain. Um, but generally over-the-counter stuff does work well, but it has to be used in conjunction with these other treatment modalities that we're talking yeah, about because sure. by itself it's it's going to mask it for, you know, an hour or two and then it's really not going to do much more than that. So. Yeah, well said. I mean, it's an adjunct. It's not, you can't just like take a leave and expect to get complete relief and, and be done with plantar fasciitis for sure. You've, you've, it's an adjunct of therapy to help, you know, control pain while you do all the stuff that you need to do to, to get better from this. Um, so the other thing, just real quick, there, some, there are some topical forms of, uh, anti-inflammatories out there that some patients really like. Uh, Voltaren gel seems to be the most common one that I see in the store often. Uh, uh, but there's like, there's biofree. I'm trying to think of things that patients might see at the store. Biofreeze is there often. I think yeah. Asper, Cream's got a couple of different topical things. So no harm in trying the topicals. I mean, they, they, they have less penetration than oral medication, so you don't get as much in the bloodstream. But again, if you have, you know, some medical conditions, that's something you should definitely be talking to your primary care provider about uh, before you d jump onto those medications or you know, get in the, uh, like, you know, start using those topicals on a daily basis. Um, there, there are some side effects, as Dr. Lawrence has talked about, GI and kidneys and, and uh, things. So, so those are discussions you should definitely have with a primary care provider if you're going to go on a regiment of uh, anti-inflammatory medication. So, uh, yeah. but those I think are five quick hitters, things you can do at home. We're not going to get into advanced modalities. We'll do another podcast on advanced treatment modalities that we use in the office uh, to treat heel pain. But if you're at home, if you, you know, your first few steps in the morning, you're like, man, this is, it's like knives in my foot. And if I stand for any longer than, you know, an hour, I got knives in my foot around my heel. Um, these are five quick things that uh, you can try to start doing at home that I think uh, could greatly benefit you. And a lot of times if we catch it early, then might completely resolve it. And that might be, might be the end of it. Um, so, uh, good shoes, uh, stretch, ice, uh, massage, and uh, uh, as needed here or there, some anti-inflammatory medications might help uh, tamp dampen the pain for you uh, and keep you moving. Any Anything in addition uh, to what we've talked about, Dr. Leonard? I think that's a good start. And yeah. a lot of times people are smart to do their research at home. We see yeah. a lot of people try uh, several of these, um, but a lot of times by the time they've come in, they've tried 
several of these, but yeah. kind of consecutively, they don't try them all at once. And right, I think yeah. that's an important thing is that it, it's, it's kind of a, a group effort when you're trying to treat heel pain, you got to try all this stuff at once and you got to stick with it because it can uh, take a little while to calm down. Agreed. And yeah. uh, just, so, just so uh, people that are listening are aware, I think the la- latest like large cross-sectional study that they looked at, that was the recommendation they walked away with is that, you know, you know, bad heel pain requires a multi, uh, treatment approach. So you can't just do one thing here. You're going to have to do a few things together at the same time to address the issues and get better. And so that's usually what we talk to patients about as well. So very good. All right. Well, if you got heel pain, you know, make sure to try these out. If it doesn't work out, we'd be happy to see you in the office. Uh, check us out uh, on our social media outlets at Platte River Foot and Ankle on Instagram, Platte River Foot and Ankle Surgeons on Facebook and TikTok, or check us out uh, with the podcast page, uh, Fix My Feet on uh, Facebook as well. Uh, until next time, this is Dr. Waters and Dr. Leonard, the Foot Fixers, and this is the Fix My Feet podcast. Hope everybody has a wonderful week this week. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Fix My Feet podcast. To schedule an appointment with one of our providers, visit www.prfootandankle.com.